What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Breakdown. Breakdown um, with my co-host Hunter. Um, <sighs> Hunter, there's a little bit of an emergency pod. Um, yeah. I just want to know how you're feeling. <laughs> now you heard that non-copyrighted funeral music by Chopin, <laughs> and that is okay. because. <laughs> I'm glad you missed, you you verified, you verified it was on copyright. By the way, <laughs> I had to make sure. I don't want anyone striking us down, Clemente. But man, me and JD, we're mourning right now. The TMFC has officially disbanded today. Yeah, um, I don't think JD's said anything, right? So I'm assuming he's asleep. Yeah, he's definitely asleep right now. But when oh, he wakes, he's looking for rude awakening. <laughs> really is. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'll let you have the floor, Hunter. Um. To, to, you know, announce the trade and, um, you know, just give the details um, out about it. Yeah, no matter how much it pains me, Clemente, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll will my way to this. And I'm also talking a little bit to stall so I can pull it up. But here it is. Wojnarowski, Adrian Wojnarowski just announced that the Oklahoma City Thunder are trading Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, Mo Harkless, Taylor Maladon, and a 2025 second-round pick the Atlanta, you know, the one that was just amended during the Mo Harkless trade uh, to the Houston Rockets for David Nawaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. Now that's a pretty even trade right now. We uh, still get the same amount of players back. We have 18 on each roster right now. So there still needs to be some roster chopping. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a pretty, I mean, if you're outside of the bubble, it's a pretty wild trade to see considering that <laughs> it, it, there's really not much significance in this trade out for anybody else other than the fact that it saves the Thunder some money. And that's pretty much it. And it gives the Houston Rockets a 2025 second round pick and uh, apparently uh, like 6.3 or $6.5 million in cash considerations. Yeah, this trade is more about the quantity than the quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this might be, this, this might be the most... One of the more insignificant um, multiplayer trades I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This is like if you put a bunch of people's names in like a bingo, little, those little bingo things, you twirl it around, you just pick out a ball. That's what this trade looks like. Yeah, um, and like you mentioned, um, the 2025 pick, um, second round pick, uh, is top 40. After it was previously top 55, um, if, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also acquired Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless only ended up staying for the funder for about roughly a day. Um, uh, because the funding, you know, also had another trade, I believe, a Tuesday, um, afternoon ish, where they sent Vitkarichi to the Hawks. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Derek Favors, um, this was his final year of his deal. He's he was set to make 10.2 million. Ty Jerome didn't report to training camp. Uh, Teo Maladon, um, is entering its third season, but you know, the fun have like a, a ton of like you know, younger, better backcourt options right now, and like the minutes just weren't there for him. It's funny too because we spent like months talk, talking, you know, like <laughs> about Derek, Ty, and Teo, and like how you know, one at least one of them is gonna have to, you know, uh, get shipped out or get cut. And it's just funny how you know, both Derek and Teo and Ty as well all <laughs> got shipped out in the same trade. All of them, Derek Titeo, and even before this, uh, V. Krejci and Isaiah Roby. Those were all the guys we mentioned. They're going to be on the roster crunch, and they're all gone. That's just insane. This is like the uh, the red wedding of, uh, of trades. <laughs> <laughs> if only that music wasn't copyrighted, I would have played that instead of Clemente. <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, and you know, when I get back, 
um, for basically veterans, uh, journeymen. Uh, uh, I really, I have a hard time believing they'll keep any of them, if I'm being honest here. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you agree as well. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, most of these guys' contracts, except for Trey Burke and the Waba, they're like $1.8, $1.4 million. So easy cuts, really. Yeah, so, I mean, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but if the Thunder end up, you know, cutting all four of these guys, I mean, what, what what's the roster count after that? I mean, I believe it's like what? Um... They'll have a, if they cut every single one of these guys, they'll have an extra roster space open. And a lot of people I've seen so far on Twitter have wanted to do that to, like, you know, promote Lindy Waters in a way, but they still have a chance to, they can keep one of these guys and just cut the rest, like the rest of them, but they can just cut all of them if they want to as well. Yeah. Out of these four, who do you think they'd be most likely to keep? Uh, You know, uh, now that we got rid of favors, uh, Marquise Chris seems like a, a viable option, you know, uh, at the center position. So that would make sense. But uh, if I'm talking contract numbers, Nawaba is about to make 5 million this year in his last year of the deal. So he's the most expensive. So that would make sense to keep two, but the Thunder really don't have to keep any of these guys. They're under the tax uh, now after that trade. So they could just really realistically just cut every single one of these guys. But yeah, I, I'd say either Nawab or Chris. Yeah, I mean, overall, this is, this is a pretty um, inconsequential trade for both teams. Um, I mean, really, the biggest benefit from the Thunder get is that they drop, what, 10 million under luxury tax? um that's really you know probably the biggest reason why you know the funder made this trade um but um yeah i mean in terms of the guys that are being shipped out i mean it was just reported by the houston chronicle that ted rome's going to be waived and that favors and maladon are going to be evaluated in preseason which is funny because favors has been in the league for like 10 years (laughs) i don't really think anything i don't really think there's anything preseason that can change your opinion on him one way or the other i mean he is who he is Clemente, they heard that he was reworking his three-point shot, okay? <laughs> so that makes sense. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it makes the fact that Favors was like the second player to talk even weirder for me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel so bad that every single one of these guys got their picture done, except for Ty Jerome. Uh, yeah, yeah. They saved Ty the, uh, the time <laughs> when he came to coming in. <laughs> he said, listen, this is all going to happen. You don't have to come in. It's all right. Derek and Teo, they just really want you for some reason. Um. But, I mean, I, th- I think the biggest loss in this trade for the Thunder is probably Tell. I mean, when yeah. he was drafted during preseason, I remember it was like, well, I wouldn't say high, but people were excited about him. Uh, I remember people saying that he's probably the most NBA-ready point guard. And, like, I saw, like, a lot of George Hill comparisons. And I feel like those that probably stems from the fact that George Hill was on the team um, at the time. Um, yeah. And, like, even you, even you called him, you know, a potential starting backcourt type player for the Thunder. Um, so, you know. <laughs> For you know, I mean that's what happens with rebuilds when you when you have as many draft picks as you have, like the funder do. Um, you're gonna have like a good amount of misses. Um, and it seems like you know, so far two years into the rebuild, the funder have already had some misses with both Tail and Vic Krejci, um, which is kind of funny considering they were both from the 2020 draft class. So like the only person left from the 2020 draft class now is uh Pope. Yes. So a lone survivor. Wild. Wow. Yeah, it's not looking good. That draft class is not looking good. <laughs> well, a lot of swings, Clemente. A lot of misses as well. So uh, it's going to be, you know what? In my heart, Tao is still the next Tony Parker Jr. So you can't. <laughs> yeah, maybe in France. 
yeah, I mean, a lot of players got moved. At the end of the day, probably doesn't really matter. Um, but you know, any any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, they, this is the most roster crunchiest day of all time. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but besides that, we also got a little bit of uh, other funner news to cover. Um, we had Chet talk for the first time today um, since he suffered his season-ending foot injury um, in the Seattle Pro-Am in late August, roughly a month ago. Um, but yeah, Chet talked for the first time today, kind of wheeled in with his little scooter. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, t- he talked to the media for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I, and I don't think he really said anything that was too surprising. But I mean, yeah, is there anything from his presser that you know you wanted to talk about specifically? Yeah, the NBA Twitter bros are fuming that he talked to Joel Embiid on the phone. That's what I left at. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. What's up with that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, hey, it was nice to hear him talk about how he talked to uh, Embiid and or talked about Blake Griffin. Didn't talk to, but talked about Blake Griffin as well, talking about how this has happened before and it's not an impossible feat to come back uh, after missing your rookie season to injury. So I thought that was a, a point that he hammered home in that. And I, you know, I want to believe, so I'm sucking on that copium as well, but uh, yeah, I really do believe that uh, Chet believes that he can get past his injury and it is doable. Like he said, like, like it's been displayed before in the past. So here's to hoping for the best really. Yeah. I mean, like you said, um, this is a pretty rare basketball injury. Um, I think only a handful of players um, have suffered it in the NBA. Um, so he probably didn't have, like, a ton of reference points or a ton of players to talk to when it comes to knowing exactly how rehabs are going to go with specific injury. Uh, but, you know, guys like Joel and B, Blake Griffin, went through similar situations where they missed the entire rookie seasons and were able to, you know, carve out a really good NBA career despite that. Um, he's, he also talked to Nick Collison about it. Because Nick, you know, Nick missed his rookie season because he had double shoulder surgery. Um, and, you know, despite that, I think he had a pretty decent NBA career as well. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was interesting how Chet revealed that Nick was living okay. See, and he's only there part time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I heard of that. Oh, man. Traitor. That's all I got to say. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to some of the media there. I was wondering, I mean, does he live in Kansas or like where else would he live? Probably Seattle. I think he still has a house in Seattle. Thing. So, damn, that's a long flight. <laughs> that's quite the uh, uh, home job right, right there, stay-at-home job. <laughs> Probably lots He's, of Zoom calls. Yeah, the main beneficiary of the whole COVID pandemic Zoom calls. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, that was interesting to hear. Um, you know, like Chad said, uh, he's just going to take it a day at a time. It was rehab. Yeah. Um, he said he's working on everything besides anything that involves his foot, obviously. So he's not really putting in any weight on his foot right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it just, you know, it kind of sucks um, <laughs> that this happened. There's really no bright side to it. Uh, but it was nice to hear, you know, Chet talk about it for the first time since the injury happened. Yeah, totally agree. I just, uh, I guess just a sense of, uh, just reassurance after that. I mean, just hoping for the best for him. I mean, he sounds positive right now. He said he didn't want to jump ahead at any like expectations, but he's doing good right now. So that's all he can really hope for. Yeah. Um, he didn't really, 
he also didn't really give like you know definitive answers in terms of a timeline as well. I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty interesting. So like, who knows when he'd be cleared to play basketball? Um, yeah. It's gonna be. It might be a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the Thunder basically have a full year until they really need Chetty to play games again. So uh, there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, anything else you know that Chet said during his presser that you wanted to talk about? You know, he had a really uh, short presser. I'll say that. Really not much to take away other than that. Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing, you know, he can say. I thought it was interesting how he defended his decision to play in the Pro-Am. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably the right answer to say publicly. Um, like, you know, the injury, I mean, you know, Sam says to himself that the injury was just a crazy accident. It could happen to anybody. Um, and, like, he also said that, you know, the floor didn't really play a role in that. I'm not sure how much of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what Sam said. Um, but, um, yeah, I just remember, you know, whenever the injury happened and whenever the funder announced that he was going to be out for the season, there was, like, a, a, a large discussion about, you know, whether players should be playing in pro-am events um, and all that other stuff. Um, yeah. But it seems like Chet, you know, Chet's, side, Chet's on the side where, like, hey, you know, you can't put us in bubble wrap for the entire summer. Uh, basketball players got to play basketball. Um, and that you got to feed your love for the game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can feed your love for the game during the nine months you play during the year, but <laughs> hey, that's just me. That's just me. Oh, my God, Clemente. Or maybe no. in, safer, in safer courts. <laughs> especially when, especially when you're like the most important piece of a billion dollar enterprise but that's just me man hooper's got a hoop man hey hooper's got a hoop clemente but um yeah so i thought that was interesting here i mean that question was gonna come eventually i mean i I could nobody was gonna ask it. i was probably gonna ask it but somebody else did i forgot who did so my bad that i can't remember you um trying to be creative but um But, you know, it was just interesting to hear what Chet said. I think we all knew Chet was probably going to say that anyway. He wasn't going to throw <laughs> Seattle or Jamal Crawford or Deegan Big under the bus. But, um, yeah, um, sucks. Nice to hear from Chet. Might be a while before we hear from him again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anything else that you wanted to talk about that's happened these last couple of days? Uh, we've been meeting – We've been talking to Mark and some of the players uh, basically every day since training camp started. Um, <laughs> You're basically roommates with them now. They're basically my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Um, I don't have anything else I wanted to say. I think I probably, you know, wraps up this emergency pod. Um, fun to play their first preseason game here in a few days on Monday against the Nuggets. Um, we got that to look forward to. Uh, we'll see how good Poku is, baby. The Poku hype is getting pretty real, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, now we have a lot to prove. Now we have to root for him uh, 10 times more than we used to. Have to make that 2020 class worth it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, besides that, you know, please like, share, subscribe to the pod. Um, if you got any questions, comments, let us know. Um, and, yeah, we'll – Talk again here in a bit, um, unless anything else major happens.